I have commitment issues as in I need to know more about the Florida Gators commits and we're going to with John Garcia here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is John Garcia, Locked On's recruiting insider. And John, I'm going straight into it with DJ Lagway. He is the talking point for the Florida Gators. He is on campus right now, I'm pretty sure, with wide receiver Jeremiah Smith. But we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit. But (laughs) for Florida, how important is it for them to have DJ Lagway? Because it's not just AQB. Like, this isn't isn't having a three-star quarterback committed. This isn't no disrespect or maybe some disrespect Marcus Stokes out here like this is this is DJ Lagway he's a five-star QB from Texas everyone wants him how important is it to have him committed this early in the process it's been four months already it's huge it's huge Brandon you you can't stress that enough and, and he said the timing of that December commitment was to help build the class so when you have the combination of an elite skill set, a national name. Look, he's out of Texas, man. A big-time blue chipper from Texas. I mean, that that is as national as it gets. But when he already has that motivation to build from within, it's huge. And and just to put it on, on, on the Jeremiah Smith spotlight just for a second, think about the schools that are after Jeremiah, right? You, you got, of course, committed, committed to Ohio State, no quarterback commitment. Miami's trying to keep him close to home, no quarterback commitment. I think they only have a kicker on board. Right now, a couple schools trying to flip them, uh, Tennessee, USC, no quarterbacks committed to those schools. Florida, which has them on campus right now, does. So it's not the biggest thing in the world from Jeremiah's perspective, but comparatively, when you dig into the intricacies, which for a five-star number one receiver, those things matter. Having a rapport, even if it's just personal initially with, with a quarterback commitment, is a huge deal. These classes are are built together. Uh, and, and when you look back at those classes, it's, oh, this guy came in with this guy and, and all of that stuff aligns and and you don't expect a five-star quarterback to sit very long either, which is always advantageous to elite receivers. So that that is huge, uh, even in principle. But w- when we know specifically with Jeremiah and everyone else, DJ is, is hammering these these recruits for Florida, waving that, that orange and blue flag, that makes a world of difference because you you hear a billion recruiting pitches a day from coaches, probably trainers, high school coaches, seven on people, fans on social media. But when it's coming from the guy who could theoretically target you, uh, you know, a hundred times a year, it just, it hits a little bit different. You know, those quarterbacks are truly the pillars and the face of the recruiting classes. And it goes beyond being the, the potential future QB one at whatever school they're committed to. And DJ himself, having talked to him, having been around him, he, he's got that, that pull, man. He's got that gravitational pull that resonates with recruits. It's not a lot of BS and, and rah-rah stuff. It's, it's a lot of fact-based stuff. Um, and that's really, you know, important for, for this Gator commitment class. And offensively, as they start to hit their stride with, with some of these targets, that's going to matter. And, and we're hearing recruits talking about DJ without committing to Florida, right? Just initially, yeah, I was there and DJ was there and he's talking to me already. We're already hearing a lot of that, including from Jeremiah Smith. So for them to now be there in person, 
it'll it'll hit it on another level just uh, specifically. But yeah, it, it's monstrous for Florida to have him on board this early and have him be this persistent on building the class. Yeah, and just to touch a little bit more on Jeremiah Smith, how important is it for Florida's recruiting or or what advantage is it for Florida's recruiting side of things where, if I'm not mistaken, when he committed to Ohio State, they had uh, Dylan Rayola, I believe his name is, the right. kid who is no longer there, no longer committed, no longer even in contention to be Ohio Yeah, he's not going there. So how important is it where he committed there and he was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this QB with me. And now, you know, you're not going to have that quarterback. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, that that's something that has changed. And a lot has changed since Jeremiah made his, his verbal commitment to Ohio State, not only with the Buckeyes and, and some of the, the roster and commitment situations, but with a lot of the contending programs, coaching staff changes a lot of that. Obviously, Florida's had a, a change at multiple positions. So so this will be good for him to get in with Billy Gonzalez, um, you know, who's been around so very long, um, but obviously, you know, not to the point where he's overlapped with Jeremiah, at least we don't think. So, um, yeah, a lot has changed. And, and that's what Jeremiah is saying. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. He's like, look, solid with the Buckeyes, but I I, I got to keep an eye on things. It's it's crazy in college football. It changes basically 12 months a year. It, it continues to change. So you have to build in almost three different tiers of options. You know, you, the school you're committed to, the immediate backup plans and kind of the the long shots that are worth at least continuing to visit and continuing to consider as the process goes on. And from the Florida perspective, hey, this is the number one recruit in Florida by, by all indications. So it, it's paramount to be in the ball game, even post verbal commitment, because uh, we know kids in this state are, are as fluid as possible, uh, even though, again, Jeremiah is saying all the right things, but he, he's continuing to take visits and do all of that due diligence. So the timing here with Lagway on campus, being able to sit down with uh, Gonzalez in particular, in addition to everything he already hears from Napier and some of the other coaches, it's really important for Florida to have him on campus because he hasn't visited a lot of the in-state schools. He's been more um, focused, especially official visit wise on trying to get to Georgia and trying to get to Tennessee and USC, some of these other schools. So the in-state schools can't uh, really slow down, even if they're not going to grab official visit plans at this point yeah and i know last week or or the week before whenever you were on last we spoke about um you know people aren't tweeting out offers unless they're you know being open to it and i joked about dj lagway but for florida fans yes you can look at dj lagway posting those offers and say oh he's not lit he's not locked in but at the same time seeing how active he is as the newest member of the recruiting staff should Florida Gators fans see that and be like, okay, like, like he's clearly locked in. He ain't going anywhere. Yeah. Let, let's track what they do uh, just as much or more than, than what they say from a recruiting perspective. Uh, if he starts taking visits elsewhere, you know, I, I think the, the worry meter increases, but as far as I, I can tell, there are no plans for him to do so. He took a bunch of visits before committing in December. So I think that part of the process is sort of behind him. And I think for QBs, it's different, you know, optically, uh, if you have an awareness, like, look, DJ does, there's, you know, th- there is a very clear awareness of, of his public profile internally. You, you can't be taking a bunch of visits. No disrespect to Jeremiah Smith or anybody else doing it. It doesn't hit the same when quarterback or when receivers, excuse me, DBs, whoever else takes visits as a commit. When the QB does it, it it's a little bit more alarming. Uh, so I do think that's why, uh, you know, DJ continues to take visits to Florida. So until he takes a trip to 
Baylor or TCU or anywhere else uh, as a Texan, you know, I think you shouldn't worry too much, especially when he keeps coming back to Gainesville and both publicly and most importantly, privately, he continues to be an extension of the coaching staff and waving this flag in particular, not, not, uh, Hey, come play with me wherever I go. It's Hey, come play with me in Gainesville at the swamp. So I think as long as that narrative and messaging remains consistent, there's really nothing to worry about from, from the Gator perspective. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. March Madness is here, obviously at the time of recording. This is right before the Sweet 16 tips off. And let me tell you, if Kansas State loses to Michigan State, I am going to be in shambles. Absolute shambles. Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel, I need y'all to carry me here because I need the win. New customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. So sign up with FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to learn more. And on the defensive side of the ball, Florida has two defensive commits right now, and Miles Graham and Darius Hayes. Both linebackers, which is twice as many linebackers as they had committed from the 2023 class. But we spoke about both Miles Graham and Adarius Hayes last time when Patrick Tony was still the defensive coordinator. For both of them, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of the things you mentioned as a positive trait was pass rush ability for Adarius Hayes. It was more translating with his measurables. He was listed as an edge in most places. Now he's finally actually listed as a linebacker. Miles Graham, you know, he's excelled as a blitzer on the interior. New defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, loves to blitz. He blitzes 40% of the time at Southern Miss, the eighth most in the country, yada, yada, yada. How does that really turn from, or does it turn them from a good fit in Gainesville to a great fit in Gainesville? It really does. I mean, they both work so well downhill. They're great accelerators. And, you know, Hayes has a little bit more experience off the edge timing-wise compared to Graham, but... It's the twitch that both exhibit can allow them to interchange whether they're rushing inside or out. But from a timing and a, in a, a pure athleticism standpoint, this is a great fit and a better fit for Florida under Armstrong uh, because they want to attack downhill. And that's exactly what these two do best. Uh, so I, I really I think this only enhances once the relationship catches up personally, schematically, this only enhances not only, in my opinion, they're standing with Florida. But I think how we should view them as as future contributors to, to the Gator defense, it, it only fits better with with what Armstrong likes to do, at least tendency wise. I'm assuming he's going to be pretty aggressive regardless uh, once he's actually calling the shots there in Gainesville. So inheriting these two linebackers, I think, is a great fit because they're similar in their downhill attacking style and that being a strength in, in, in their game. But obviously, frame-wise, they're a little bit different, right? Graham's a little bit more built to play inside, although he can work off-ball and certainly play laterally. And Hayes is a little bit more built towards space and, and playing a little bit more outside. So if you're you're coming downhill at both of those angles, uh, you're putting a lot of pressure on the offensive line and, and, most importantly, the quarterback on the other side of the ball. So I do think their strengths are only enhanced with, with this coaching change, which doesn't always happen. You know, Usually it, it goes the other way. Uh, but I think inheriting these two probably was was uh, a nice surprise whenever Armstrong realized, oh, we got these guys committed. Great. You know, they fit exactly 
uh, what Florida wants to do or what we think Florida is going to want to do defensively. Yeah, I uh, remember quarterback can't see with tears in his eyes. So there's that. But both Miles Graham and Adarius Hayes, they've seen bumps up in their rankings lately, which is so foreign for Florida Gators fans to see their players actually get a bump. But now Miles Graham, 37th by composite, and Adarius Hayes, 38th. And are those rankings that, you know, in your opinion, are going to stay the same climb? Maybe they were a little too generous with the bump, or, or how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think I think it's got a chance to stay steady. Um, you know, Graham has always, you know, again, athletic profile wise, has always flashed. He's always been this head turning, you know, threat uh, c- coming downhill defensively. And then Hayes was it was always kind of a, a combination with him. I think he's the one that is easier to move up or down relative to what you like to project within your evaluations, because like you said, he's built like an edge built like an outside guy who wants to stand up and, and and come off the edge, but he's he's got this off-ball game that has really developed. His junior season working off-ball was sensational. He was creating turnovers as a hitter and as an interceptor, playing incredibly well laterally and in space, and when he did work downhill, it was consistent, and he brought some explosiveness at the point of contact, so he he projected initially as as a we'll see if he fills out we'll see positionally to now after his junior campaign it's a little bit more tangible and say hey this is a three down linebacker that can work almost anywhere at the second level so I think in that regard he is the one that is maybe more reflectionary of of the 2022 season as opposed to Graham who has always been this dynamic a defensive player with with a lot of modern traits. So I think you could be polarizing a little bit more on, on the Hayes spectrum relative to Graham, but both of them are certified blue chips, no doubters in, in any top 100 ranking, in my opinion. They both have a lot of, of modern traits that work, um, especially when you, when you consider, um, you know, the frame for Hayes. You know, I think you could kind of figure it out with him, even if one spot doesn't work. And that's just not something you could say about a lot of, traditional high school linebackers like Hayes is profiling it. And how do we'll say just grouping them together again, how do both of them kind of project as early contributors? Because for Florida, you've got a bit of an older linebacker room in 2023. You've only had one commit come in and Jaden Robinson, who I love, but one linebacker in a room where you're going to play at least two every down, not the best situation to have there. And then of course you, you attack the portal, but two of those three guys, I believe only have one year of eligibility remaining. So your 2024 room when these guys will be on campus is looking rather thin. So I'm just trying to figure this out. Are they going to have to add starters for 2024 (laughs) or depth behind these guys? Yeah. I mean, you certainly hope it's a depth situation if you're a Gators fan, but look, these are explosive linebackers. And I think both of them have room to grow physically Uh, again. Hayes, you know, six, three, six, four, 215 or so can he put on a little bit more just to be more equipped to deal with tight ends to deal with offensive linemen trying to get to the second level and then for Graham he's in that 215 range as well but he's more compact six foot one six foot two so how how does that translate because he's so explosive that doesn't really have to take on a whole lot of blocks on Friday night so that's a really the only unknown in his game. So I think a little bit of weight would probably benefit him as well. But we've got a lot of time between now and them having to contribute at Florida, even if it has to go down during their freshman season. So I think for both of them, adding some good functional weight, but but not too much, you know, especially in Graham's case. He's he's in this day and age, you can work at 220, 225 
at the SEC level, whereas 10 years ago, that would have been an afterthought. You would have to, have to redshirt and put on a bunch of weight to, to take on, you know, the fullbacks at LSU and Arkansas, not quite the same in this day and age. So I do think that both of them, if need be, could physically be ready to go, even though they do need to put on at least a couple LBs. Yeah. Um, I mean, 10 years ago at 220, you would have been either needing to redshirt or congrats, you're a safety now. Yeah, you might have been a, a strong safety, which we don't even hear that phrase anymore. You'd have been a Roy Williams downhill, hard hitting safety, which, you know, really doesn't exist anymore. Amazing. Yeah, that's just not how it goes. But hey, I'm, I'm cool with them playing linebacker 220. Go ahead, knock, knock some heads there. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar. New Year's is way back in the past. We're, we're this is insane. We're almost a quarter of the way through the year already. That is bonkers. Which means if we're almost a quarter of the way through the year, we are pretty freaking close to summertime. So if you're trying to get in shape. Have yourself a Built Bar. Built Bar's coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have just 130 calories, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So if you want to get a, a sweet taste like a Built Bar, and you don't want to feel bad about it, eat a Built Bar. You can go get it in stores at Walmart or Sam's Club, or you can go online to Built or BuiltBar.com. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, to go back to here before we wrap up, Chauncey Bowens, I, I mean, has to be probably the biggest flip candidate at this point, right? Whether or not he actually does, I'm not asking you to project that, but he's <laughs> probably the biggest flip candidate, right? Well, look, no matter what position you play, um, no, no matter where you're from, frankly, if Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State are the three teams that are pressing for you, you're going to be a flip candidate. I don't care if you're a quarterback in, in Alaska. It, it's going to be something that whatever fan base you're committed to starts to worry about uh, early and often. So, so yeah, I think comparatively he's the biggest flip candidate because he is talking about taking visits, at least from a due diligence perspective, up to Georgia, which I think is the primary threat here, uh, which makes sense relative to on-field success and the position of running back itself. And I think Ohio State's kind of the second one. Bama – feels like they're a bit of a distant third or I guess fourth if you're, if you're considering Florida in this conversation, but obviously not to be discounted, even if they are in that number four position. But he is, Chauncey, talking about visits to at least Georgia and maybe Ohio State. We'll see about Bama maybe later on in the process, but he's kind of approaching it like Jeremiah Smith is approaching the Ohio State deal. It's kind of like, hey, I'm locked in. He even called it 100%, you know, the last time I talked to him. But again, these kids are aware college football is crazy from a coaching carousel perspective and secondarily for him. And this is where it's different than Jeremiah. These offers came in after his Florida Gator commitment, right? So Jeremiah had every offer before he committed to OSU. Chauncey didn't when he committed to Florida, you know, back in the fall. So I do think that creates a different, you know, awareness. Hey, you know, I didn't have this opportunity. Now I do. Let me at least take a trip out there just in case it's, the best or the worst thing in the world. Let me at least have, you know, experienced it. So I think there's a little bit of due diligence there from Chauncey, but again, saying all of, of the right things. Uh, but, but there's no doubt when it's, it's Tony Alford, uh, Delt McGee, when these are the position coaches coming after you guys who have been there, done that no disrespect to Jaluk. That's something to absolutely keep an eye on, especially since we know visits are, are going to go down to at least one or two. If it gets to all three, 
that that alarm is going to be, uh, you know, a consistent talking point for for your audience, unfortunately. I'm ready to be heard again. But for, <laughs> for Florida, when you're going through this, Florida is simultaneously trying to retain Chauncey Bowens while also add another running back to the class. They got crystal balled for Kenan Daniels. They're in with visits with uh, Anthony Carey. They, they've got multiple guys they're talking to and yeah, that yeah. they're trying to bring to Gainesville to, of course, bring in a second running back class, but or second running back in this class. But how do you kind of approach that of going, yeah, we want another running back, but don't worry, Chauncey, like we're not brushing you to the side kind of situation. Yeah, I think Chauncey knows he's a priority there in Gainesville. And I think because of what programs like Florida did in, in 2022, there's a different um, there's a different uh, awareness from running back recruits. You're not going to go somewhere and be, you know, Ron Dane and get 30 carries a game. I, I aged myself here. You're not going to go be <laughs> Najee Harris and get 30 carries in a game uh, at any given school. Jonathan Taylor, any of these these modern backs, Saquon at Penn State. It's it's going to be a committee in almost every scenario. Now that doesn't mean if you're if you're not the best guy or have the hot hand that you're going to get more carries in one game or in one stretch of games, but for for most running back situations you want a healthy rotation of at least two but in reality probably three uh so i do think most running back recruits understand that when they are especially when they're considering big time programs you know so it, it can go the other way hey chauncey bowens is the number one running back on the board for a lot of these programs what is my role as 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 a stacy gage or as a Jarek gibson you know looking at, at florida how, how does that work you know so it does work both ways but most all of those guys have already considered or have already experienced splitting carries. I mean, Gage and Gibson split carries together at IMG a couple of years ago. So it's just more understood. There's there's not a lot of diva mentality with, with today's running back recruit compared to some other positions like maybe wide receiver where you're like, hey, I'm an alpha. I need all the targets. It's not quite that feel for running backs nowadays. And and it's it's good for them because their shelf life is already so short. What we're seeing in the NFL right now, a whole lot of conversation around the devaluing of the position, even though most NFL organizations and high profile college programs are going to this this committee type model. So preserving yourself is 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 a benefit. It's a plus in how you approach recruiting multiple running backs together. And the programs we mentioned with Bowens. Florida, Ohio State, Georgia, Bama, they've all been doing it for, for years very successfully. So I do think that's important for, for that approach on the positive end, much as it might be viewed as a negative elsewhere. Yeah, um, I feel like the Florida Gators are like that Game of Thrones picture where it's like the one person with the sword and then the entire army coming at them. <laughs> that's them trying to protect Chauncey Bones. But uh, thank you so much, John. This is John Garcia, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Catch him every week on Lockdown Gators and all throughout the Lockdown College channel. Thanks for having me.